0: blog talk radio good evening this is your good friend the very esteemed and well-traveled clarence copernicus cloverleaf welcoming you to another exciting edition of cloverleaf radio hosted by the host with the most jimmy falcon you can always feel free to call in at six zero two seven five three one eight eight three 753 1883 to ask a question to the host or any of his well-established guests. Just please remember when calling in to be on your best behavior. This is a G-rated show, you know. Hey, that was a wicked rhyme. Anywho, just be sure to be kind and courteous. Now... On to the main event! Hey, this is actress Brianna Densky. You may know me best as playing June in the film Wonder Park. And you're listening to Cloverleaf Radio, hosted by the host with the most, Jimmy Falcon.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet! mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman. Wow. That is so crazy to hear that in full before the show. But we are back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, Jimmy Falcon. Absolutely honored to be welcoming Greg Moffat to the show. Actor, I and mean, this guy has done it all. He was a child actor, retired from the screen when he reached his early teens. But he was a professional bowler, served time with Uncle Sam, worked for several dealers, uh, years as a dealer in Las Vegas, and so much other things I'm sure we'll hear about. How's it going, Greg?
0: All right. Can you hear me? I hear you just fine. All
1: righty. Well, I I was talking and gave you this fantastic intro, so I'm going to have to do it over again because I had you on hold, and I didn't realize it, but we are welcoming actor Greg Moffat to the show. He has been a longtime child actor, but definitely has done some other cool stuff, professional bowler, served time with Uncle Sam, worked for several years as a dealer in Las Vegas, and other things we may hear about today. How are you, Greg?
0: I'm just fine, and thank you for your interest in my somewhat limited career in Tinseltown. <laughs> well, you know, looking
1: back, uh, a lot of the films you were in were some time ago, years before I was even thought of, I'm sure, and sadly, a lot of those uh, leading actors and uh, a lot of the middle ones as well are unfortunately not with us anymore, so I think you've been, you know, still be around and still be uh, kicking. It's got to be a great feeling.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's it's been an interesting life. If you <laughs> you know, people say, you know, what was it like growing up uh in a show business family and in in a lot of ways I don't know quite how to answer the question because it's how I grew up. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't know any other that there were other options available. <laughs> so, uh
1: That's amazing, though, to think about, uh, you know, from an outsider's standpoint, not growing up in that kind of family and being on the farm. It's kind of interesting to think that uh, that was all you would know, even if maybe you didn't have aspirations to do it. You'd probably fall into it.
0: No. Well, in in our case, both my mom and my dad came to Hollywood uh, for the opportunity to perform. Um, and both of them did get the opportunity on several occasions. My, my dad continued to through his, throughout his life, but my mom's career was cut short by children. <laughs> First, my older sister, Sharon, uh, who had a, a significant career in Hollywood. Uh, at that point, mom became a sage mom, as they call them. And, uh, Well, it had to be, you know, you couldn't be on the set as a juvenile uh, without supervision, typically parental supervision. Um, And then I came along a few years later, and uh, Sharon got her first shot when she was 11 months old and I was four. Wow. So it wasn't so much of an individual choice for either one of us to be involved in the business. It just... It was just the way things were. <laughs> well, I'm
1: sure, uh, especially maybe starting out, did you have a hard time remembering your lines? I know as a kid, at least, and even still now, I don't think I could remember a script and a certain sets of dialogue. It had to be maybe difficult uh, more when you were younger?
0: Well, I was <clears throat> blessed in a, in a variety of ways. My mom was... Uh, You know, in those days, if you got through high school, you had a heck of an education uh, without even considering going to college. And my mom was a pretty good teacher, and actually I learned to read uh, long before I was in school. Um, We'd get out the Sunday funnies, and in those days in Los Angeles, there was a guy who read the funnies to you from from the newspaper on the radio. With sound effects and stuff to make it more entertaining, but uh, my mom used it as a as a way to teach me to read so I could hear the words and read them at the same time and uh, I got fairly proficient uh, enough so that uh, in t- when I was about oh, maybe four I started running lines with my sister, uh, she had a lot of work through those days. And uh, mom couldn't always do it. And she knew I could read. And a lot of it was just picking up cues. But she would, uh, my mom would help me with how to phrase things, how to ask questions, how to read the lines, even though they weren't mine. Uh, so when it came my turn, uh, reading the lines wasn't much trouble. And uh, I'd, I'd been memorizing lines uh, working with Sharon. So, the memory wasn't ever really an issue. Sometimes when uh, a director would decide to change a line, that would be a hassle, (laughs) because I'd have it memorized the other way, but I don't remember too many problems with with reading my lines.
1: Well, that's great. It seemed like uh, you had some training, uh, rather if you called it training or not, but going over with those lines with your sister had to have helped you uh, immensely in reading the Oh, story.
0: There's no doubt. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I there there was an incident, however, when I uh worked on the, the adventures of Superman. Um uh, there is a scene in the in the episode where Superman uh lands at the farm that my mom and I are on and uh and I'm there to greet him. You know, you can hear the sound effects and of him uh, flying in. And we had rehearsed the scene, but we hadn't rehearsed the scene uh, the way George was going to do it. He jumped into the scene from the second or third step of a ladder that was out of the camera's view. And we hadn't we hadn't uh, done the rehearsal that way. We just stood and read the line. You know, did the lines, did the dialogue. And when he jumped in, uh, I was completely startled, <laughs> and uh, it was take two very quickly. <laughs> I, I did get it right the second take on the second take.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I've read about uh, George Reeves. Of course, he uh, had a wonderful acting career, but uh, nowadays people look back on the controversialness of his death. Um, being that we're looking back now, and not necessarily when you're on the set um what what's your opinions on the whole
0: thing? You know I don't think anybody that's alive today can tell you with any certainty what did or didn't happen uh he had an interesting life uh he was affiliated with interesting people uh at an interesting time in Hollywood's history and uh, I read, I read the notices about suicide, and and I just didn't believe him. I was, you know, by the time he passed, I was 15 or 16. I guess it was probably 58 or 59 when he died. I'm not sure about the year, but yeah, around 59. there. And uh, I, my memories of, of working with George are. I mean, he was a wonderful guy. Uh, welcoming, helpful, uh, uh and seemed to be a caring, you know, nice guy, always not always smiling, but uh pretty much, you know, in a in a good mood working. And uh so I never saw any of the any any of the darkness in his personal life and I guess uh I guess there was some. So whether he was killed or committed suicide, as I say, I don't think anybody alive today knows with certainty, and and the people who do know, who who could have shed light on it, uh, years later were probably scared to death of the of the possibilities, depending on what the truth actually was. So, who knows? I I I can't add anything to the discussions that are out there.
1: Well, I just thought it was uh, you know curious. I didn't understand until maybe after I seen one of these. Uh... Uh, biographies on him that there was that big of a discussion, um, whether it was uh, accidental or whether it was suicide or whether it was murder. Um, but he did seem to do a lot for children, um, especially cutting out the logo from his Superman outfit and giving it away. <laughs> and, and
0: Little things yeah. like
1: that. I think uh, overall he must have been a really great guy. But everyone has issues.
0: That's, that's my experience with him. He was a... Actually, I didn't have any really negative experiences with any of the Uh, actors and actresses that I worked with. Uh, I learned a lot of language that maybe most uh, (laughs) kids of my age uh, weren't exposed to in those days. (laughs) Beyond that, the experience was was pretty rewarding.
1: Yeah, outside of uh, Superman, I was curious about uh, let's dance of course with uh, betty hudson and fred astaire the iconic fred astaire um what was that experience like getting to work with uh two
0: legends like that uh they were both amazing i was i had just turned six when we began filming let's dance and uh i knew who fred was and i knew who betty was uh Actually, Betty and my mom became fast friends and remained so until my mom passed away in the late 80s. Uh, Betty outlived her by another 20 years or thereabouts. Uh, But the opportunity to work with them and how helpful they were, uh, how helpful the whole crew was. You know, if you look through the cast of that movie, there, there are a ton of I don't know if you I, I don't know if you call them famous uh bee actors but um but well known probably is the best phrase to use a lot of people who had worked in a lot of stuff and really knew their stuff and all of them were helpful uh in my performance um uh, without a doubt uh Fred and betty uh had both had great senses of humor and uh uh, there's a clip on YouTube of, of uh, Fred uh, reading me the story of Jack and the Beandock, Beanstalk. Beanstalk. Uh, it's an amazing video, and he winds up singing and dancing the story, and I wound up sound asleep at the end of the scene. He's reading me the story as I go to bed at night. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful clip, and it's and it's. It demonstrates a lot about how the motion picture was made and and the attitudes of the people on the set. I don't remember arguments. You know, they may have happened up in the suites uh, when they were showing the dailies, but I never got to see the dailies. My mom had a strict rule. Sharon and I could never see what we'd done on film. We couldn't go see the finished product. I was
1: going to say, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, well, I mean, and, and it remained that way until we were both grown up. And there are still pieces of Sharon's work that she's never seen. I think, well, I haven't ever seen the full cut on Two-Gun Lady. Um, I've seen Robot Monster more times than I'd care to admit. Uh, <laughs> and the Superman episode, of course. Uh, I was invited to a festival. 10 or 12 years ago in Memphis uh, was the first time I'd ever been to a film festival and uh, met a lot of people who were just huge fans of Superman and the original episodes. And I'm, they invited me into a group that they had maybe three, 4,000 people who share facts and figures about everything George uh, in, uh, in Let's Dance uh, it was it was fun to watch how things worked and got put together. Uh, there's a, a long singing and dance sequence uh, between Fred and Betty. And a lot of stuff I didn't see. They actually recorded the music uh, not during the shot. They did the 40s version of lip syncing during the during the take and they shot it from four different angles or with four different cameras, uh, all at the same time, uh, in on different parts of the set, uh, and playing the track, the music track in the background. That was kind of an eye opener for me in terms of how motion pictures are put together, uh, almost like a process stage, but not quite the same. Um, it was uh, it, it was definitely a bonus we finished probably everything in august or early september of that year and christmas rolled around and the day before christmas uh, early in the morning there was a, a knock on the door and it was a delivery of a bicycle from fred for me for merry christmas and he, he bought me a 20-inch bike, which fit just fine. It was a great little swim. Well, later that day, there was another knock on the door, and it was another bicycle from Betty for, for me for, for Christmas. Only it was a bike I wouldn't be able to ride for another five or six years. It was a 26-inch bike, and... Uh, Sharon wind up riding it <laughs> as a result because she could get on it actually reach the pedals from the seat, and I couldn't <laughs> oh my God. they they were they were wonderful people they really were
1: that is always nice to hear. I know that uh the golden age uh has a lot of love and respect for it to this day, and I think it's really great that you were able to start with all these wonderful actors and actresses. And I guess I'd feel uh, left out of remiss if I didn't bring up Robot Monster, which you co-starred in 1953, which I've read to uh, be called one of the like worst films or worst uh, B films of all time along the lines of that.
0: Yeah, that, I've, be heard that it, I've heard that it's in everybody's top ten list of worst movies ever made. <clears throat> I sometimes wonder how valuable that is as a as a as a pointer to my career to be remembered for that film. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it was fun. We had a good time. Uh it was short. Uh don't think we shot maybe four and a half, five days, almost almost all of it in uh uh in the canyon uh where the exteriors were shot virtually all of it was uh, was an exterior shoot <clears throat> and it was a warm spring in the Hollywood hills uh I'm trying to remember the name of the canyon benedict no not benedict canyon it'll come to me maybe <laughs> my memory is becoming a little more shot as as time goes by as well so but uh actually there are three actors from that motion picture that I'm aware of that are still alive. Myself and Claudia Barrett, she was the the love interest. And uh, Pam, I'm trying to remember her last name, uh, is uh, the girl that played my little sister in the the film. Uh, She's still alive living up in the San Francisco area. And as I understand it, it was the only film she ever made. And she has refused on several occasions to go be interviewed about it. So.
1: Wow. Yeah, I think uh, looking back now, I can see why it has so much appreciation, um, especially if you look at independent filmmakers these days. It seems like that's the kind of thing they go for. It might be cheesy, uh, but it's memorable and uh, funny at some times. But uh, I think sometimes the effects, not using so much money towards something and making a shorter film, uh, can pay off in the long run.
0: I got a phone call about three years ago from a fellow named Rich Silverman in Hollywood, an aspiring director and producer. And he said he was uh, putting together uh, a stage play of Robot Monster, the musical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in, and invited me to the grand opening And so my wife and I went down It was pretty funny Pretty funny Well I that... noticed uh, Yeah I noticed
1: that um, At least on uh, You know the internet's not always trusting But it said
0: you're uh,
1: In a film in production
0: Now Yes. <laughs> I'm guessing that, that. Not unless there's somebody following me around with a with a with a chest can taking. Pictures maybe,
1: maybe it's I, uh, maybe it's I a secret shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, that's kind of what I was thinking because I was going to ask you um, why you never decided to return to acting, uh, but then I see this when I was getting the thing together for uh, a drama called High School Confidential about school shootings says you're playing an officer, so I was like,
0: "That's that sounds interesting." I I saw that uh, that collage you did for the ad for the advertisement for this show it was pretty interesting. I saw some pictures I'd never seen before in that. You you did some work hunting that stuff down, but I I don't know anything about high uh, high school confidential uh, at all. Uh, so if there's, there might be another Greg Moffat or Gregory Moffat out there working, but it ain't me, babe.
1: <laughs> well, I know you had uh, done a lot of things uh, besides acting, uh, and I guess I was curious about some of those as well.
0: Well, when my career actually stopped. When uh, we moved out of the Los Angeles area, we moved to Anaheim, which was uh, about 40 miles south of LA. Oh, yeah. Uh, and juveniles at that time typically were interviewed for parts at after 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, we lived right off the Santa Ana Freeway, which was two lanes back and forth, and there were three or four major uh, industries along the freeway that that did shift work, did day shift, swing shift, graveyard. And swing shift usually changed somewhere between three and four. And it was virtually impossible for me to make an interview uh, at a at a reasonable time from Anaheim in the afternoon after school. So I, I wasn't, I guess, sufficiently bitten by the acting bug to pursue it later on. It was just what I used to do. <laughs> and and pretty much has remained that way throughout my life.
1: Well, that is pretty neat. You did seem to do a lot of neat things. Um, being in the Army had to be uh, something pretty interesting, because I don't think I could do it,
0: honestly. Well, uh, I got drafted. I didn't have a lot of choice. <laughs> it was that, or go to Leavenworth and make small rocks uh-huh. from big ones, you know. <laughs> it was that not a very uh, uh interesting choice for me. So I I went in, I I was uh in nineteen sixty five I was in Vietnam in early sixty six to uh early sixty seven and I got out of the service uh after my two year stint in September of sixty seven. And I had moved to Las Vegas. Uh that's ultimately where I got drafted from and that's where I went back to when I uh, left the service and uh, continued her career in the casino business for another 10 years before I came back to California.
1: Casino had to be pretty interesting work. The, I've been in a couple and uh, with the no clocks, and it's always pretty dark and almost just play the games and that's it. and Keep playing until like- you... <laughs> you can't play anymore.
0: I was there at an interesting time. Uh, there's uh, no secret that uh, the various crime families from the East were um, the financial backers of the casinos and, and those that received the re- rewards from the casinos uh, from uh, from the time they started building the big hotels out there in the late 40s. Um, I got a chance to watch it begin to change. When I left uh, the Dunes Hotel had gone public uh, with its stock. Uh, It had been taken over by a company called, if I remember right, Continental Connectors. And it turned out that uh, the board at Continental Connectors was uh, populated with uh, Sons and nephews and grandchildren of those same families <laughs> so, so they went public to get to get the i r s and the feds out of their out of their face and uh and to solve some employee issues that they had union issues and such uh and and now of course uh if the families are still involved. And I wouldn't discount the possibility that they uh, are—they're well in the background because everything now is corporate in Vegas. But I did deal some to some interesting people. Um, I saw some very strange things happen. Hello. Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, I did deals. I dealt to. Uh, Telly Savalas for a long time. One night at the Golden Nugget, I uh, dealt to an Arab oil sheik at the Dunes Hotel for uh, across two days, probably three and a half, four hours. Uh, they took all the limits off for him; he could bet whatever he wanted. It was a, it was it was an interesting time because <laughs> uh, the bosses could do anything they basically wanted to. As long as they stayed within the gaming regulations, you know. Cheaters were not treated very well in those days, uh when they were caught on the games. There was a fellow at the Golden Nugget no, at uh Binions at the horse show. Uh they caught a dealer and a and a player uh flashing card symbols back and forth and they took both of them downstairs Uh, They closed the game, took the two of them downstairs. And you could hear some rather, hmm, how do I want to say this? Some uh, painful cries coming from down below. (laughs) The dealer never worked again. And I don't know what happened to the cheater on the other side of the table, but neither one of them came out of the situation very well.
1: Oh, my goodness! I think it I know uh, no one listening could actually hear the ten, the countdown. I like to call it the evil British woman doing the the countdown that's just uh, on our end but uh, you go, I don't know how to describe it. And she goes ten seconds
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know if we were if that was the end of the show or not so well this uh that was the, the
1: live program, and uh it's going to archive now, but um we did not get cut off um. I don't
0: know if uh you had anything else you'd like to add, but I was really nice talking with you today, Greg if you have any other questions for me, I'll be happy to answer them otherwise uh it's been a pleasure i thank you. Mu- thank you much chairman yeah the uh either one counts uh yeah, I guess the
1: last one I always like to ask is what does the future hold for you uh what's what what does uh your know, day keep you busy with these days
0: oh well. Currently, we surprisingly enough at my age, we just bought a new home, so I'm filling boxes, <laughs> getting ready, getting ready to move. Uh, hopefully, for the last time in my life, I play a little golf. Uh, I help out at the veterans clinic from time to time. Um, there are a lot of guys over there who need transportation and and need companionship and. I'm still mobile enough to be able to help in those areas, so. So well, that is really nice.
1: That is really nice to give back, and uh, I'm sure it helps. Uh, helps you feel really well, uh, good as well.
0: Well, I was. I, are
1: you familiar with
0: uh, honor flights? Have you heard? Yes, of I it? am. Yes, in uh, Washington. I was, I was fortunate enough to be invited on one a year ago. And, wow. Met some great guys. We had a great time. It's a whirlwind trip. Um, It was just an amazing three days. It it really was. And uh, although I'd been helping at the clinic uh, for several years before that, uh, I heard stories and talked to guys and remembered things uh, (laughs) that maybe I'd put out of my mind uh, a long time ago uh, that, kind of filled in some blanks and, and it, it was, it was good for me in a whole lot of levels. And so I hope, I help it honor fly from time to time as well.
1: So, well that is wonderful. That's really great that you're still continuing to give back and help out. And, uh, I think you're a great guy and it's uh, wonderful <laughs> to have talked to you today. It was really
0: an honor. Well, again, thank you for your interest. And, uh, and I hope you had lots of listeners. I had a lot of people trying to figure out how to hear the show. I hope they all got the chance.
1: <laughs> I hope so as well. I will uh, I'll post uh, the link on your page for anyone who may have missed it after we uh, are finished recording.
0: It goes into the archive. Thank you so much. No problem, Greg. Thanks again. Have a great night. You too. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Alrighty guys. We've got a couple of shows coming up. I really need to
0: get uh, into the
1: planning stages for some more things. Uh, but as far as tomorrow goes, we're scheduled to be welcoming three-time NWA World Tag Team champion, former TNA superstar, as seen in WWE, the national Chase Stevens. Gonna be nice talking, wrestling. It's always a good time. Uh, on September 19th, we welcome actor and filmmaker Wyatt Weed. He played uh, the Boar Predator in Predator 2 and has uh, done some really awesome other things in his career. He's going to be appearing at the 2019 Dark History and Horror Con. And, of course, the 2019 Dark History and Horror Con is October 26th and 27th, 2019 at the City Center in Champaign, Illinois. Visit dhhcon.com for more info and up-to-date ticket information. There's going to be some awesome guests there. He is still uh, promoting, I think, maybe once or twice a week. He's letting out uh, who's all going to be there. So. Don't take it from me. Check it out yourself, and we hope to see you. Big thanks again to Greg Moffat, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. (music)